turn back the clock and come with me to days of golden chivalry. Today, 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 today. Welcome to Cybercrimeology podcast about cybercrime, its research, and its researchers. My name is Michael, and this is the first episode in a new series. So I thought I would take a moment just to explain what it will be about and the motivation for it. It was inspired in part by a word I've heard a lot recently, which is unprecedented. We live in unprecedented times, and unprecedented times seem to make us anxious. Perhaps this is due in part to our desire for constant progress. As wrote Santayana, progress, far from consisting in change, depends on retentiveness. When change is absolute, there remains no being to improve and no direction is set for possible improvement. And when experience is not retained, as among savages, infancy is perpetual. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And so we turn to history in order to order our perception of the present and to provide direction for our future. So our precedent is our retained knowledge relevant to a situation that provides some direction for us. Really knowing our history provides us with a rich understanding from which we are better able to make connections with the present. As novel as our situation may seem as a whole, aspects of it can bear a striking resemblance to past events. And cybercrime is no different. Information and communication technologies have a long history, and so do their misuse. Correspondents felt the need as far back as the Middle Ages to secure messages with privacy-preserving, tamper-evident authentication technologies. Wax seals. Even Marconi, when demonstrating the possibilities of wireless radio transmission, had to suffer the indignity of being trolled by a competitor, sending rude remarks to his receiving station. At this point, I hope I've made clear the importance and the focus of this series, which is histories. We'll be learning some of the history of cybercrime and to a small degree, cybersecurity, from the experience and perspective of some wonderful guests. Judge Stein Schulberg, Dr. Peter Grabowski, Dr. Dorothy Denning, and Dr. Mike Levy offer us their varied perspectives in terms of discipline and geography in a series that provides insights into not only law, technology, and society, but also the times and attitudes of researchers throughout the development of technology and crime. The question of what happened in all the years leading up to 2010 doesn't lead to a snappy response. So for the first time, we will have interviews that carry across multiple episodes. This series has been a lot of fun to prepare, and I'm eager to share with you what I've learned. So let's dive right in and begin the series with a kind introduction prepared by Judge Stein Schulberg. My name is uh, Stein Schulberg, and my background is 16 years experience as a prosecutor and assistant chief of police in Oslo, Norway, and 30 years as a judge and a chief judge until I retired in 2013. At the same time, I have been doing research and research project on computer crime 
and began to work on computer crime from 1976, when I was introduced to computer crime by FBI. I introduced Interpol to computer crime in 1979 and organized a global seminar together with Interpol in 1981. In 1981 to 82, I was a visiting senior Fulbright Scholar at Stanford Research Institute in California and researching on computer crime. As a researcher, I am not retired and support United Nations institutions such as ITU, participate as a speaker at several conferences and writing books on cybercrime issues. So we are now discussing and I'm taking to the history of more than 40 years. And I will maybe like to start with, uh, with the presenting maybe the, 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 uh, the pioneers, researchers, before I go to the pioneer uh, law enforcement, uh, law legal institution. So in my opinion, the pioneers, and father of the knowledge of computer crime, as by many observers is considered to be a man named Don B. Parker, United States. He served as senior computer security consultant at SRI International, Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park in California, and was a main author of the first basic federal manual for law enforcement in the United States, computer crime, Computer Crime Justice Resource Manual on Computer Crime in 1979. The manual soon began an encyclopedia also for law enforcement outside the United States. In Europe, we had Mr. Ulrich Sieber, University of Freiburg in Germany, became the first academic expert on computer crime outside the United States in the 1970s. He assisted many international organizations such as the OECD from 1983 and the United Nations. In the Netherlands, we have H.W.K. Kaspersen, also an academic. He was in 1986 an expert on computer crime and became later the father of the Council of Europe Convention on Cybercrime through his initiatives in 1997. I understand that you want me to start the history where it, everything started, namely in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Senator Abe Ribikoff was the chairman of the Senate Con Government Operation Committee and introduced in June 27, 1977, to the Senate, the Federal Computer System Protection Act of 1977 the so-called Ribikoff Bill. This bill was the first proposal for federal computer crime legislation in the United States and the in the world that would specifically prohibit misuse of computers. The hearing of criminal law and prosecutors subcommittee were held on June 21st, 1978. And then Senator Joseph Biden, who is now the maybe president next time, in the United States, he was the chairman of the subcommittee. And in his opening statement as the chairman, Senator Joe Biden said, I quote, it has been a sobering experience for me to plunge into the elusive question of computer fraud as my maiden institute initiative as chairman of this committee. First, we turn to the distinguished senior senator from Connecticut, 
deserves a great deal of credit for hearing those voices in the wilderness and focusing the Senate and this committee attention on the crime of the future, computer crime, end of quote. The bill, the Ribicoff bill, was not adopted, but this pioneer proposal raised awareness and guidance around the world as to the potential problems that unauthorized computer usage could cause, and the need to define the scope of the topic in order to adequately address the problems in a comprehensive but flexible way. The bill was reintroduced to the U.S. Senate several times and was, but was adopted in 1986 and signed into law by the president on October 16, 1986. Then I will give you some overview of what I call the other pioneer countries. The pioneer countries are in the 1980s. And they are considered to be countries that have adopted criminal legislation, including uncovering computer crime, ahead of the Council of Europe 1989 recommendation. That was the first international thing. The first country was the Federal Republic of Germany in 1980, like we call it the West Germany, adopted new provisions in the Penal Code in 1980, based on a proposal from Law Commission in the late 1970s. It was titled Section 263A, Computer Fraud. And then United Kingdom in 1981, the Counterfeit and Forgery Act was adopted in 1981 and included computer criminals that enter false information or alters any computer disk or tape with the intent to defraud and to defined forged instruments. And then Canada in 1985 introduced on December 19, 1984, a bill that was passed by the House of Commons and the Senate and received royal assent on June 20, 1985 as the Criminal Law Amendment Act 1984, 85. Especially I should may I shall mention in section 3421, I quote, everyone who fraudulently and without color or right a, obtains directly or indirectly any, any computer service, end of quote. And then we have Denmark in 1985, adopted in June 6, 1985, amendments of the Penal Code as follows in section 193. Any person who unlawfully causes major disturbance in the operation of public means of communication of the public mail service of publicly used telegraph or telephone services of radio and television installation of data processing systems. End of quote. And then Austria in 1987 adopted the Criminal Law Amendment Act in 1987, including a new section that was on damaging of data. And then Japan in 1987 had the penal code amended, amended in 1987 and some categories of computer crime were covered. In my country, Norway in 1987, a committee presented its report in 1985 and made a proposal of five amendments of the penal code. The penal code, 40, paragraph section, Section 145 
was amended as follows, I, I quote, the same penalty shall apply to any person who by breaking a protective device or in a similar manner unlawfully obtains access to data or programs that are stored or transferred by electronic or other technical means, end of quote. And then France in 1988 adopted on January 5, 1988, amendments in the penal code on La Fraude Informatique, Article 462 reads as follows, I quote, everyone who fraudulently access or make use of an automatic data processing system or a part thereof, end of quote. And then Greece in 1988 updated the penal code in 1988, referring to crimes committed by computers. And then Australia, in 1989, amended the Commonwealth Law Crimes Act, including Section 76B, unlawful access to data in Commonwealth and other computers. And as I told you, the Interpol organized also in 1981 a, a, a training seminar for investigators of computer crime in Paris, 66 investigators and prosecutors from 26 countries participate. This is of the early 1980s. And when I was a Fulbright scholar at Stanford Institute in California, I was concerned over the international legal problems that the introduction of computers and computer system may develop and sent a letter to the OECD in Paris in December 1981 and in January 1982. When I returned to Norway, I was invited to OECD in Paris for discussions in September 1982 with a group of other four experts. I was again invited to OECD in Paris to discuss computer-related crime and the potential for need for changes of the penal code. And this group of five people was were the, the founders of the harmonization of um, European computer crime legislation. They met, we met, we met in Paris in May 1983 and recommended that OECD should take initiative and establish an expert committee for a common denominator between the different approaches taken by the member countries. The expert committee presented their proposal in September 1985 and the OECD recommendation of 1986 was then adopted it was titled Computer-Related Criminality, Analysis of Legal Politics in the OECD Area, in the quote. A list of acts which could constitute a common denominator between the different approaches taken by the member countries was suggested. The list consisted of computer fraud, computer forgery, damage to computer data and programs, unauthorized infringement, of a protected computer program and unauthorized access to or interception of a computer system. And that was the history before the Council of Europe recommendation of 1989, which is a next very important uh, event. You were in the United States and you met with the, the FBI. When was that? Yes, I was uh, visiting Quantico uh, FBI Academy in uh, 1978 and um, was invited also by uh, FBI to invite a lot of FBI officers around the United States. 
So I went to the West Coast and uh, Seattle and Los Angeles, San Francisco, Dallas, and back here to Washington and New York. And had a very, very, very nice. Uh, I learned um, by FBI what computer crime was. Yes, that's correct. Was that something that they were particularly concerned with at the time? They were very concerned about the uh, development in the United States. Uh, and that's they, they also participated in the preparation for the Ribikov bill. So they were very eager. Not There was a lot of cases going on on the state level. Uh, when I visited... Uh, uh, in 19, I, I met them also in 1976, and then they had 50 cases on the federal level. But it, uh, Don Parker, in his uh, archive in 1981, yes, when I when I arrived, he had almost 1,000 cases from United States on computer crime. So it was a kind of development, absolutely. So you you met with Don Parker back then? Oh yes. Uh, when when I was interested in this uh, in 1976, I, I went to the United States on a, on a study trip uh, organized by my FBI, and uh, then I heard about Don Parker, and I was also a researcher at uh, to, together being a, a police attorney uh, or a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also doing some research with the Uni- University of Oslo. And the um, University of Oslo, the Professor Jon Bing, uh, together with the University of Stockholm and University of Copenhagen, and with my colleagues in the police department in Stockholm and Copenhagen, we organized uh, seminars in these three cities. And we invite some, as a main speaker, Mr. Don Parker from, from Menlo Park, SRI. So I was uh, very much, uh, I, I met him. <laughs> before I was uh, uh, invited as a Fulbright Scholar at uh, SRI, Stanford. Oh, yes. That's, that's very interesting to me because these days we talk about how necessary it is to do multidisciplinary research, but it seems to me from the very beginning that, I mean, Don Parker's background was in sort of computer science. You, I think, of more of a, a legal scholar, and, and, and I did read in an interview with Don Parker that, he worked with Donald Cresey, who was a criminologist. So it's, it's, it's interesting for me to think that back at that time, the people who were seeing this as a problem, it, it really was a multidisciplinary group. No, I, I think we all got aware of the problems. It, this new technology, which it was in that time, could create for the law enforcement, for the legal and for the courts and so on. And especially we had to... Um, give the law enforcement some training on this new development, new new institutes and new uh, technology, and uh, also prosecutors, of course. And uh, and we understood after the Ribikov bill uh, was presented in 1978 that we also have to look at the at the penal code, which had to be changed a little to include the new, for instance, the new fraud. Uh, without involving any persons. You involve a machine, a computer machine. And then, of course, a lot of these uh, fraud uh, codes around the world had to be changed. Also, not uh, conditional, always uh, cheating a, a person, but a, a computer or machine. A, yeah. 
So that was a necessary change. So when you took these ideas from the United States and took them back to Europe, were they ready to, to hear about this thing called computer crime or, or, or was it a bit of a struggle? Well, um, I think uh, OECD was the main, uh, the first initiative. And um, well, as, you, as I told you, I, I sent them a letter and uh, they got very interested. And they had uh, recently published and developed a recommendation on privacy for the OECD area. And they were also in, in, interested then in, uh, in the uh, develop uh, or discuss the possibility of developing a common approach to the legal problems with they So, so with five people, uh, we met in uh, May 1983. And then it took off. At that time, what were the main sort of frauds or, or computer crimes? Yeah, it was uh, illegal access to the information. We had did not use the term hacker that time, but people who were not were allowed to look at the information uh, had to be punished. And um, computer fraud, of course. And also interesting was... Um, destruction of the uh, system, the computer system, was also uh, a, a new area. And of course, the um, online um, criminality on, on child abuse. Yeah, and, and forgery, of course. I'm going to present to you later on, if you would like, uh, what it ended up in the Council of Europe Convention, which was developed from the mid-90s and was adopted in 2001 and uh, became uh, active as a convention in 2004. So from the year 1989, when the, um, or let's say 1986, when the OECD started it, next institution was, was the Council of Europe, which presented in 1989 the first recommendation on legal measures. And in 1985, the proposal for um, measures on, on the procedural laws, and then uh, the, the, the very important uh, Council of Europe Convention on Cybercrime in 2001. So it's a, it's a development uh, on, on three levels, three main levels in the 90s. 90s. It's, um, it's from 1986, OECD, and 1989, Council of Europe, and 1995 Council of Europe, and 2001 Council of Europe. What was that discussion like? I mean, you said it's it's a process, sort of running from late 80s through to 2001. So in, in the in the 90s, was it everybody realizing that something needed to be done and sort of agreeing on doing it, or was there a lot of discussion as to how to actually get this thing done? Yeah, it was a lot of discussions. Uh, the first, uh, the 19... Uh, 89 recommendation from the Council of Europe. Uh, it was based on a select committee that uh, the Council of Europe established, and uh, they studied the problems and compiled a report, of course, connected with the computer-related crime, and a summary of the guideline for national legislators with liability for in intentional acts only was presented in 1989 as recommendations on computer-related crime. And this recommendation was included both a minimum list and a 
optional list. So the minimum list should be almost obliged to do, and the optional list was more what the individual countries would prefer to do. And then uh, the interesting thing is Council of Europe uh, adopted also in 1995 recommendations concerning problems of criminal procedural law connected with information technology. This recommendation introduced 18 principles categorized in seven chapters, especially I always find today, especially to mention chapter 14, which has what was described as use of encryption. Listen to this, article 14, I, I quote, measures should be considered to minimize the negative effects on the use of the use of cryptography on the investigation of criminal offenses without affecting its legitimate use more than it's strictly necessary, end of quote. So they were aware that cryptography in the 1990s also could be a problem, but they could not do too much um, cryptography. It must be allowed for the investigation to investigate uh, as uh, as uh, they, they, they had to do. So, so that was written in from the very start. Yeah, and we can think about when we know that in, in October last year, in October 4, in 2019, uh, the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice organized a conference called Lawful Access Summit. Very interesting, where they absolutely tried to develop uh, lawful access, uh, access from law enforcement to information. This is a very important question for law enforcement today. So it was mentioned already in 1995, but was not re repeated in the in the convention in 2001. It was only in uh, 1995 in this uh, recommendation for procedural measures. It's it's hard to get agreement on something with such a large group of countries and a large group of people that need to agree. Mm. Uh, but it's it's interesting to me that something like that chapter 14. Was was raised as a very important issue, yeah. but didn't quite make <laughs> it make it through. And you know, the, uh, we can also. I will also present a little about the the uh, Council of Europe uh, Convention on Cybercrime in two thousand and one, and also tell you what the number of uh, ratifications is today, almost twenty years later. And, uh, you know, also it has been presented, the proposal in the United Nations General Assembly in, in late, uh, it was in December 2019, I think it, 17 of December 2019, where uh, some voted for and some voted against. So it's, today is a little polarized what should be developed, what should be our goal in the legal measures. But in the 1990s, it was uh, most countries understood that something must be done. And then uh, the first discussion in United, United Nations was at the UN Congress on the Prevention of Crime and Treatment of Offenders in Cuba in 1990. 
and the resolution on computer-related crime was then adopted by the Congress and by the United Nations General Assembly in 1990. So United Nations, and they also started in the 90s. So that's the uh, main thing was happened before the year 2000, I think. That was the first episode in our series on cybercrime history. Great big thank you to Judge Scholberg for sharing with us here. It's no small thing to start a series on the history of cybercrime with a guest that quite literally wrote the book, The History of Cybercrime. As always, there'll be links and information at cybercrimeology.com. Next episode, we'll continue talking with Judge Scholberg about the European Convention on Cybercrime, some other movements in the regulation of crime online, and some lessons for us all. This has been Cybercrimology, a podcast about cybercrime, its research, and its researchers. It's produced by me, but it's made possible by the kind guests sharing their time and their research. If you have a question or comment, you can reach me at at Cybercrimology on Twitter or by old-fashioned email at cybercrimology at gmail.com.